What's good, Wildcats? Welcome to the Weber State Weekly Women's Hoops Show. We are a member of the Big Sky Podcast Network, and I'm your host, Colby Peterson. On the show today with me, returning uh, with from a, uh, a successful campaign against some high school kids in the Purple Palace this week, you made it through, Brooke Minnick. Uh, yeah, I did. <laughs> Got, <laughs> uh, I don't know what I was going to say, but yeah, just sitting here freezing my butt off in Utah. It is cold. <laughs> I've been seeing people post about it and like it's been like zero degrees, one degree, five degrees. It's just insane. Insane. I hate it. <laughs> and so with that, I mean, has there been snow going with that or it's like it's just that January cold in Utah that just is brutal? Mostly just the January cold. The weekend had a little bit, you know, kind of covered the grass a little bit, but it's just been a couple of days of single digits. <laughs> yeah, I saw that uh, somebody posted on Twitter that up in Logan the other night, it was like a negative 29 degrees or something. And so they said you could go boil uh, water and throw it in the air and it will freeze instantly and you can become <laughs> a TikTok star. <laughs> yeah. So That's nuts. You're in Logan. You can do a thing like that. It's just one more strike against Logan. Oh, it sucks, yeah. folks. Um, well, Brooke, let's talk a little bit about tonight's show. We're going to recap last week's games against Idaho and Eastern Washington. We got some good news uh, on that. Wildcats, you know, falling to, to Idaho, which is unfortunate because I think that was a winnable game. But then downing Eastern Washington, getting their first conference win. So we'll talk about those two. And then I've got a segment I prepared called uh, What's Hot? What's Not? We're going to give uh, myself and Brooke an opportunity to talk about things, maybe hoops related, not necessarily. It doesn't have to be just something that we think is cool happening around campus or in the Weber State universe, and maybe something that we wish was not happening in the Weber State universe. So that's the show for this one. Um, before we get into all that, I want to encourage everyone, please subscribe to the show, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, great places to find Weber State Weekly. We're also on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Um, please send us your things. I did a thing with the, the men's show, which will drop soon. Actually, by the time this show drops, the men's show will be out. I did a, a show called, or I did a segment called uh, wildcat react where uh, I said an, a word and then you had to come up with the first wildcat player to come to mind. And so I encourage everyone, if you, you know, play along with me, you have ideas, you know, and you listen to that segment, Go get on Twitter and um, tweet me the first player that comes to mind when I say some of those words. So check that out in our men's basketball show. And then, uh, yeah, we got softball coming up here in a couple of weeks. So looking forward to getting that show started. Uh, and then, of course, patreon.com. You go to patreon.com slash Weber State Weekly, become a patron. Our patrons were uh, blessed with the uh, first of hopefully many premium previews where we previewed the men's matchups with Idaho and Eastern Washington last week. So if you were a, a patron, you got a chance to listen to that, get a view of what was to come. And uh, we'll try and do that for both the men and the women this week. So not just for men, also for the women. We'll get them both out there. And then, uh, yeah, just a thank you to our patrons who've been longtime supporters. And if you want to get it involved or get in on some of that content, because uh, I'm honestly not going to post it anywhere else, folks. Like it's only going to be for Patreon supporters. Uh, and once it's passed, it's passed. So if you want to get it in that content, Go become a Patreon supporter. Patreon.com slash Weber State Weekly. So, Brooke, let's get into last week's games. Like we said, a um, couple of games that I think were winnable. Uh, the Idaho game. Idaho coming in, not a terribly strong team. Um, but then Eastern coming in, also not awesome. Not, I mean, higher in the rankings, definitely, than Idaho. So a, a nice win for the Wildcats. But let's uh, let's start with that Idaho game. I mean, you were there in the Palace. 
1200 was the, uh, was the attendance I saw because of the high school kids there. That was the early game that we talked about. Uh, give us kind of the, uh, what was it like 1200 in the palace for a women's game? What was that? How was that? It was pretty loud. It actually was a lot more elementary, um, kids than high schoolers, but, uh, you know, I heard some SpongeBob SquarePants a few times. Luckily didn't have to hear baby shark. <laughs> oh man. I love baby shark. <laughs> You go to you go to Lindquist Field. You get Baby Shark in the eighth inning, baby. Let's go. Uh, no, <laughs> but it was good. There a lot of screaming. I thankfully didn't leave with a headache like I normally do. Very good. My ears weren't ringing, thankfully. But I just wish it would have been a win with that good of a crowd. Yeah, um, a winnable game, right? Mm-hmm. It felt like it until it got really going. And then just seemed like Idaho kind of ran away with it. They shot 12 of 30 three pointers. And that kind of felt like what killed any kind of hope we ever had of winning that game. Yeah. They had some big threes throughout the game. Uh, they, they shot like garbage in the first quarter. So credit to the Wildcats, you know, handling that, uh, they didn't shoot a ton. It was two for eight for the Vandals in the first quarter shooting from three, uh, seven of 17 overall from the field. So not, not a bad, you know, shooting a quarter from the floor, but terrible from behind the arc. Uh, but then things really heated up for them, you know, and they were not, they didn't shoot less than 40% the rest of the game. Next quarter, 40%, four of 10 next quarter, four of eight. 50% next quarter, two of four, 50%. So I hear what you're saying. Those threes really made a big difference for the Vandals to kind of keep the Wildcats at bay throughout. And I mean, the, the offense just really, it seemed like never got going though in this one. They never scored Mm-mm. more than 16 points in a quarter. No, it, and um, really the person that stuck out to me was Ava. Felt like she was kind of, I mean, she was the leader, the leader for Weber State, but mm-hmm. it just felt like she was the only one that was, I, I don't want to say like a bridge player, but like she's the only one that kind of kept Weber right there. I mean, obviously it ended up being kind of a big loss, but she's the only one that seemed to make some points when everybody else wasn't. And then Aaliyah, um, Ellis. Uh, Ellis came in, she had seven, which seemed her and Ava. Uh, weirdly that seemed to be what kept Weber's offense kind of hanging around for a little while. Yeah. And I think that that's kind of what the Wildcats have needed over the past couple of weeks. They've needed somebody to step up, you know, with the departure of Emma Torbert, uh, Emma was a huge presence offensively for the Wildcats. She was a, a presence that, you know, had size, was able to, you know, drag down a lot of rebounds, you know, was able to play in the post, but also could stretch the floor and shoot the ball at a fairly um, healthy clip. Um, losing Emma Torbert, I think, left a massive hole in the Wildcat offense. And it feels like that's starting to be filled by Ava Williams, who's <laughs> seems like she's feeling healthier. She had some, you know, some looks like some knee issues throughout the early part of the season. But now she's able to get in and she contributed in both of these games against Idaho and Eastern. <laughs> Yeah. And then a career high against Idaho with 14 points. So yeah, I thought that was awesome. Yeah. I love to see that because I mean, the Wildcats, they've really needed that. And then also to see Aliyah Ellis come off the bench, get 17 minutes and put eight points up on the board along with, um, you know, three rebounds to go with that. Just four for four from the three point or from the free throw line. Yeah. Sorry. My bad. Free throw line. But, um, yeah, it's nice to see that bench production because that's the other thing that I feel like the Wildcats have missed all season 
is that the starting five have been pretty good. Uh, but production off the bench maybe hasn't been there offensively. Defensively, they've been good. It's not like there's been a huge dip when the bench unit comes in in the defense. But offensively, it feels like it really does kind of go downhill when the starters aren't on the floor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Brooke, um, that's kind of like Idaho. Let's talk briefly about Eastern, and then we'll talk about what we liked and what we didn't like. The Eastern game is a little bit different. Uh, Eastern comes in, um, you know, not... Middle of the pack, I'll say, when it comes to the standings right now, um, after the weekend, Eastern's sitting in fourth place in the conference. So, you know, like it's not it's not terrible. That's a pretty quality win for the Wildcats who are, you know, currently in the basement at one and eight in conference play. So you don't hate it. It's a nice win for for the Wildcats against the top of top four conference squad. Um, I don't know what what stuck out to you in that one just seemed like, so I know there was a lot of turnovers in this game, but yeah. it just seemed like it was the most in a way, I guess, complete game from Weber. They had production from, I mean, almost everybody, you know, how many people we had in, um, double digits, uh, four, four. And then even with Aaliyah and Kai having seven and six, it just felt like everybody got involved in some way. So, Yes, turnovers were issue, but it wasn't an issue. It didn't feel like because in other games, it's felt like there's been bad turnovers that have led to big runs from the other team or or killed any kind of momentum that Weber was starting to get. This game didn't feel like those turnovers did anything like that. It just felt like they, I don't know, they just all were on their game. I think it was probably the best game of the entire season, even uh, past wins. It just, this game stuck out to me more than the other wins. Just how complete the actual game felt. Yeah. And when you talk about kind of like spreading things out a little bit, I felt the same way about the rebounds. Like if you look, nobody's rebounding numbers are gaudy. Nobody got into double digits. Nobody had more than five rebounds. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. Ava Williams and, um, Ava Williams, Aaliyah Ellis, and Kyle Sane, so the backcourt getting some rebounds, plus Ava Williams there. Um, they were the ones leading the charge, but very even numbers across. Like it was very well distributed across the the group of folks who played to, you know, get all the way up to 35 rebounds, which was, you know, plenty, you know, to Eastern Washington's 25. So yes. you you like to see everybody kind of get involved, getting scrappy, trying to go down with balls. And uh, eight offensive rebounds sticks out to me there, too. Yeah. So the Wildcats uh, end up getting a dub. They stick around, like you said, 20 turnovers in this one. So uh, a little above average uh, from what the Wildcats. I think they're averaging right now around like 16 or something the last time I checked. But nice to see right now they're uh, they're doing the things that they need to to hopefully build on this and continue to get some wins and build some momentum into February as we get ready for the conference tournament in Boise, the first part of March. So Brooke, now let's go to what'd you like, what you didn't like. We talked about, you know, some things with the two games. What'd you like uh, from this, those two, this uh, week of basketball from the Wildcats? So um, I noticed that Kai had 10 rebounds, which is a career high. I think I saw that she averaged around four or something like that. Um, points in the paint kind of shocked me in a way for Idaho. We had 28 and they had 18, which 
I thought with Beyond Speed that they would have focused more on her, but their whole game was pretty much three-pointers. It felt like most of their offense ended with a three-point shot, whether it was somebody running down and just shooting it right away or they passed around and then that the, you know the open person took it. So I liked that we still, even though we lost, I still like that we did get in there and get some points in the paint, which was more than them. Um, I, I did like a LT's three. Mm. In- <laughs> Big Sky top play right there. <laughs> that, that was awesome. Um, and just, I want to say with that, uh, I had a perfect view of her face. It just was like, almost silent for like one second after it went in and I look over at her and she just kind of had this shock on her face. Like, wait, that went in and then just immediately put her hands up. Like, yeah, and I was just sitting there stuffing my face. So I was just like feet up on the rail chomping. And then I just like put my left hand up like, yeah, what? Yes. That went in. <laughs> that went in. <laughs> it was awesome. Unfortunately, that didn't really lead to any um, real offense after that. But um, like we already mentioned, the attendance was over twelve hundred. That was awesome. Yeah. Um, rebounding was pretty good. The turnovers was sixteen to thirteen, which is weird because the way that game fell, it just not that I thought it was messy or anything. It just I was like, oh, sixteen, wow. That's average. average. Um, yep. Eastern Washington shooting was good. It was 49% compared to their 39% of rebounds, like we already talked about. The bench points, 20 points compared to their eight. Um, like you mentioned, their assists. And then uh, being six of nine from three point, three point line, that was that's different <laughs> compared to Idaho being one of 14. So. Yeah, I mean, this is we've talked about this all throughout the season. The Wildcats are not a team that shoots the three a lot. And when they do, they haven't had necessarily like awesome shooting nights. You know, if the Wildcats can shoot above 35% from three, which I think is a relatively low number, you want to be somewhere mm-hmm. in 40% or above on a, on a three-point shooting day. If they can get up there, that's just a dynamite performance from them. But if you can get 35, that's respectable for this Wildcat squad because they do like to play inside so much. But mm-hmm. they did do a great job shooting the three in this one. Yeah. So I misled the I misled the public. The average right now on the turnovers for the Wildcats, 19. Not as low. Oh. I had it lower. I had it at 16. It's actually 19, averaging 19 per game. Yeah, probably went up <laughs> since last time we looked. <laughs> well, I mean, at this point, a lot of those numbers, a lot of those averages start to get baked because one performance or another is not enough to swing it down. Yeah. Not three full, you know, three full yeah. turnovers, you know. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it was it was higher than that before the start of the week, but uh, yeah, overall, um, it didn't feel like it was a ton. There was a you know a sixteen turnover performance, which is below the average. So you like to see that, although turnovers continue to be a problem. Any other things that you liked, Brooke? Um, I think uh, with Eastern Washington, we did continue to get to the free throw line. Um, 19 shots made 14 of them. Yeah. Um, and I think that's about it. So you've already mentioned a couple of things that I liked about it. We talked about rebounds. Um, I will forever die in the hill that if you out-rebound your opponent, you have a chance to win. Every time, if you out-rebound them, you have a chance. Whereas if you get out-rebounded, it's an uphill battle. 
you're always going to have to shoot well to overcome that deficit. Wildcats out-rebounded their opponents both times this week, or last week, I should say. And because of that, they put themselves in a position. Now, obviously, like you talked about, Idaho had a hot shooting day from three. Of their 66 points, 36 came from three-pointers. So over 50% of what they were doing came from the three-point land. And so that cools off a little bit. It looks like a completely different game, but that's what they like to do. They shoot the three relatively well. Right now, Idaho in the conference when it comes to shooting the three, currently um, not the greatest. They are actually seventh in the conference. They averaged 32%. So they just had a good shooting day where they come away with 30, uh, 40% shooting from three on the day. Hey, man, sometimes you got to tip your cap to it. But I really think that if they shoot their average, this game is a lot closer than what we're talking about. Another thing I really liked was, you know, kind of it was a tale of two different games for this statistic assists in the Eastern Washington game, which they won. The Wildcats assisted 16 times. I absolutely love to see those assist numbers go up because I once again, in conjunction with the rebounding, if you are assisting a lot, you give yourself a chance to win when the ball is getting shared. It also makes the defense, the opposing defense have to work harder because they have to, you can't play hero ball. They have to account for people moving off ball or setting screens, those kinds of things, because the team is sharing the ball. Well, Wildcats right now, dead last in the conference, both the men and the women dead last in the conference. When it comes to assisting, Wildcats averaging 10.48 assists per game, but 16, the number against Eastern Washington, and it gives them uh, an opportunity for a win. So I really think that the, the, the rebounding and the assisting, in my view, are the two things that really gave them the, the chance to get that dub. And if that's a, a trend that they can continue, if they can look at the tape and say, these are the things that worked well, let's keep doing those. Who knows? They might go on a, a nice little run here in February. Uh, last thing I want to talk about, you've already talked about free throws, uh, did a great job drawing fouls, getting to the free throw line. Like you mentioned in the Eastern Washington game, the Wildcats end up shooting 19 free throws and make 14 of those. So nice day for shooting uh, free throws, 73%. I'll take that right now. The Wildcats as a team, um, are averaging, um, 74%. So it was right there near their average in the Idaho game. They uh, they end up taking 12 free throws, making nine of those. So not not quite as well doing as good of a job drawing fouls in that one. But uh, they still shot 75 percent. So right around their averages. Great. Love to see the free throws come because they're easy points. And this team does a relatively good job of making their free throws. So all things that I liked in the last week. So now, Brooke, let's turn to the dark side of the moon. Let's talk about things that you didn't like in these two games. Um, I think they didn't get to the free throw line as much as they should have in Idaho. If I remember right. Yeah. Only 12 Uh, attempts, which is a little low average or well is, um, the three pointers. I don't, I mean, there's not really much you can do on those. It seemed like they did get a lot of open threes. So maybe if somebody could have came out and got their hand in their face, maybe, maybe, I don't know. Mm. Um, only eight assists, uh, the one of 14 on three pointers, like we mentioned. Um, and, uh, for that game, eh, it just was kind of a mess, <laughs> you know, a little bit, um, Eastern Washington. I kind of want to call out the reps in the third quarter. 
because I was getting a little nervous when they called six fouls on Weber and zero on Eastern Washington. Oh, I hate that crap, man. <laughs> like where it's just like the, the foul differential is so egregious. Like you're yeah. kidding me that like we're really that much more aggressive than Idaho is. Like, then we should be kicking their butts if this is the case. Like exactly. you got to be kidding me. Yeah, exactly. And it seemed like one ref was calling everything. The other two, I'm like, what is your purpose? <laughs> I'm like, I think maybe one guy, the other guy called maybe like one or two things. The other, the woman called a couple things, but it seemed like it was the other guy that called all the fouls. I'm like, dude, I had to look it up mid game because I'm like, this is ridiculous. They haven't called a single foul in Eastern Washington. They're foul. They're doing just as much as Weaver is if, if we want to be honest. So I don't know that I was worried that third quarter with those fouls were going to flip the game, especially with Weber's first half when it was just an awesome first half for them. Mm-hmm. Um, but luckily it didn't, they pulled through, they got a couple fouls their way in fourth quarter. Um, I also didn't like that. Um, well, in that third quarter, the Eagles shot 20, got 26 points. Mm, that's um, high. That's really high. Yeah. Gets them back in the game, essentially, right? Yeah, yeah. And that's exactly what happened. Um, Points in the paint, 26 to 30. Kind of could have been a little better. Um, Points off turnovers. um, Oh, maybe I wrote that backwards. (laughs) Um, Let's see. Eagles with 16 in that one. Wildcats with 11. Yeah. Okay, I did write it. Right. Um, Yeah. I mean, that could have similar, but could have been a little better. and then let's see the turnovers, like we mentioned with them having 20, um, Which, you know, and, one more than their average. Yeah. Um, and then. Well, we'd love to see that number be down to like 15, 12. Yeah. yeah you know, imagine sure. if this wildcat team could hold on to the ball a little bit better. Imagine what they could do with those extra possessions. Yeah. Um, and then another other thing I wrote is, uh, Eastern Washington had 10 steals, I think. And that just seemed like a lot. <laughs> I know Weber, Weber had uh, six. So, I mean, not too much different. It just felt like 10 just stuck out to me. That's a lot of steals. They average 9.45 a game. Uh, they're oh, like wow. one in the conference for that. So, you know, they were a team that was going to come in. And it's funny because it's a tale of two teams because Eastern right there at the top of the conference, 9.45 a game. Whereas Idaho dead last in the conference, averaging 5.43 steals per game. Mm. Wildcats sitting at seventh, seven, uh, 6.86 a game. Uh-huh. So for the Wildcats in that one, um, you know, Eastern was right at their average, but the Wildcats were um, also right there at their own. So it's mm. like, all right, everybody's kind of yeah. doing their thing. Yeah, true. Yeah, I think that's about all I can think of right now that I didn't like for either either game. Yeah. Uh, for me, a couple of things that I didn't like were is like we said, is kind of a tale of two halves. And we've talked about this before in previous shows and previous weeks, slow starts wildcats having poor first quarters. They're, you know, kind of sometimes digging holes because the other team is they're doing okay. You know, maybe they put up 15, 16, but the wildcats only put up eight. They only put up 10. Mm-hmm. So right out the gate, you're down six points not the way you want to start a game out. Right. And so then they're spending the next quarter digging out of that. I just don't, I don't like that. And that's exactly what happened in the Idaho game. They were, you know, Mm -hmm. at the end of the first quarter, it's 16, 10, 
Idaho goes on to score 20 in the second quarter when the Wildcats, you know, they muster 16. So they heated up offensively, but they also got outscored once again. So they're down 10 at the half. And that's just, it's just not a place that you want to be, man. It's just not. And so you're constantly trying to dig out of that hole. It's just not great. Whereas Eastern game was different. The Eastern game, they came out and they scored 18 right out the gate. Eastern also scored 18, but they were at least tied in that first quarter, right? Then the Wildcats, they go on to score 14. Eastern absolutely falls off a cliff and only scores eight. That gives them the advantage going into halftime. And I think that that has a psychological effect on folks, right? So Mm -hmm. the, the slow starts really, I think, cost the Wildcats. Whereas in the Eastern game, they didn't have the slow start. They came out hot and it made a huge difference, I felt. Another thing that I didn't love is that the backcourts just don't seem to be scoring. I look at, you know, in both of these games, uh, the starting point guard has been, uh, Kaya has been the one with those duties and um, she just hasn't produced a ton of points. And for contrast, I went down to Murfreesboro this weekend on Saturday, went to go see MTSU's team. Um, the, the blue Raiders down there, they're ranked 23rd. I, I saw that they were ranked on ESPN plus, which by the way, if you don't have ESPN plus, you are missing out. It is an absolutely, it's a gem, dude. I love ESPN plus. I'm so happy the university made the, uh, or the conference made the move over there because there's just so much good stuff on there. And so I flipped it on like on a Thursday night, MTSU's playing and they're ranked 23. And I'm like, what? It's like, man, this, this team is 30 minutes from my house. I got to go see him. So I went and saw him. They had two guards. They ran this like two guard set and both guards were very dangerous. They could shoot, but they also were quick and they could penetrate. And it absolutely gave both Florida Atlantic and Florida International, which were the squads that they played in Conference USA that weekend was conference games. They gave them fits. They could not deal with that. And I just sort of contrasted that to the hoops that we've been watching with the Wildcats, where the guards just haven't been that kind of a weapon offensively. And I think that it's really kind of not necessarily done the Wildcats favors. If they could get the guards to produce offensively a little bit, maybe consistently get into double figures offensively. That is a recipe I think for success. And we just haven't seen that. And so the backcourt scoring, I think has got to improve if the Wildcats want to see the win numbers climb. Another thing I didn't love the benches Uh, bench production has not been awesome this season. I mean, in the, in the Eastern game, they had, they had 20 points, which is better than what they've had in recent days. I mean, of the 70 points, 20 came from the bench. Well, 68 points, 20 came from the bench, but in the Idaho game, um, I think that if the bench shows up a little bit better, things are different. The Wildcats only, they only muster in that game, 10 bench points, right? So if they could have got 10 more bench points, we're talking about a four point game. Yes. That looks that looks a lot more respectable, right? And probably changes the 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 calculus going into the fourth quarter. So, would love to see more bench production. We just haven't been seeing it, and I think that when they do see it, it's going to make a huge difference. It, you know, the the weight of the offense producing is not all on just the starters. And then inconsistency in shooting is my final one. Where the Eastern game, great shooting game, they they shot. 66% from three, which like you said earlier, was just an absolutely dynamite number. Now six of nine. So you're like, well, geez, Colby, they only took nine attempts. Like, yes, I know, but they made six of those. So it puts pressure on the defense. And then they shot 49% from the field. Whereas we, we turn the page and we go look at what happened against Idaho. Wildcats ended up shooting 7% from three, one of 14 and only 35% from the field. 
inconsistent shooting nights like that are going to equal inconsistent win totals because it's just it's just hard to win a game when you're shooting 7% from 3 and 35% from the floor. There's just not enough production even if you are out rebounding them like we talked about. Yeah, and I just don't get why. Why can nobody hit a shot for periods of time? I <laughs> Well, I I will say that, you know, defense obviously is is a factor, right? We can't ignore the fact that teams yeah. played good defense, but Idaho's not a great defensive team. Mm-hmm. They give up 72.7 points a game. That's second to last in the conference. It was, you know, that's an opportunity for the Wildcat offense to shine. And um, they just kind of didn't. Eastern's defense, not much better than Weber's. They're only giving up 64.7 to Weber's 67.9. That's sixth and seventh, respectively, in the conference. So Eastern just slightly better. But I agree with you. Like, why can't you hit a shot? Because, I mean, I get it. It's a make or miss league. Like, that's the way it goes. But a little more consistency would make a, a big difference. Yeah. And it's just weird shot like shots just coming off the rim weird like yeah what, like what is it like <laughs> right because we know they're not a huge jump shooting team right they're not yeah. they're not like pick and pop all the time like this is a team that likes to get around the basket they like to shoot the ball close higher percentage shots but they're just not falling sometimes yeah it just it's weird <laughs> yeah it's weird and it's if you know one person's off everybody's off it just it i don't know yeah i will say uh <laughs> Um, so Darren Hickok has been dynamite this, you know, all season. She's been just so good. She's been conference player of the week multiple times. Like she's been so good, but this weekend she didn't have great games against Idaho. She only put up 10 points and then against Eastern, which is a game that they won remind you, uh, she puts up 10 again. And so that's very uncharacteristic of her. Mm -hmm. It's not normal. Her normal game. She's used to putting up 15, 16. In fact, uh, I'll go pull up her average right now because it's, She's one of the best scorers in the conference. She's third in the conference, averaging 17.1 points a game. So well below her average in this one. And maybe that's touches, but also just, you know, off shooting for her. It felt weird because we talked about last week with um, needing that third person. And it felt like that Idaho game. I'm like, okay, Ava's getting some points in. I was yeah. like, okay, but then where's Jaden and Monka? Like, yeah, like, <laughs> like those, what the heck? Those two have to stay consistent, you know, <laughs> yeah. plus adding the third person to really, you know, get things going. And unfortunately, Monka had a bad week. Just wasn't there. Yeah. So and it felt too, but yeah, go ahead. Let's name MVPs of Idaho game. Who you got for MVP in that one? Oh, Ava. I even tweeted it. <laughs> yeah, same. That's where I was at. Ava coming in, being that third person scoring, uh, I just felt like it really made the difference. You know, she got the start, which was nice. Played 30 minutes in that game was seven for 10. Um, just great, man. Enjoyed it. 14 points. I'm with you. Ava was the uh, MVP in that one. Now let's talk about the Eastern game. Who do you have for the, uh, who do you have for oh, the, man, I mean, I'm going to have to go with easy one and probably say Jaden. 14 points, five of seven from the free throw line. And four assists. Um, she had four assists. Yeah. Yeah. She just kind of had maybe the most all around game, played 36 minutes, um, even four assists. So I, I hate to go for the obvious, but it's, it looks <laughs> like her. <laughs> no, it's a, it's a, it's a great, it's a great choice. You know, um, not the best shooting day for her four of 10. Um, but, like I said, four assists from, you know, your front court players. That's nice. That's really, really nice for me though. 
Uh, I think in the Eastern game, my MVP is going to go to LT because yes. LT actually came off the bench in this game. Um, oh, yeah. She did not start. She had 26 minutes off the bench and put in 12 points. She was two, four from three, four of seven from the field total. I feel like that's the kind of performance we've needed to see from her. Cause can you imagine if LT consistently, you know, gets right around 25 minutes, puts up 12 to 15 points a game. That's what you need from your two guard. And so yes. if that's, if that's a, a clip that she can keep up, um, I like it. Uh, that's the kind of thing that, you know, we need to do. She had two steals to go with that. Just for me, that's the kind of performance I want to see from LT. And if she can do it consistently, the Wildcats will be onto something. Cause if, if you've got Ava going, if you've got LT chipping in 10, 12 points, if you've got Monka and Jaden doing what they normally do, you've got a recipe for success and an offense that's really sharing the ball, spreading things out. And you can't just key in on Monka and being like, yeah, we'll just shut her down. And then that's it. You know, mm-hmm. it yeah. really forces defenses to, to stay honest. Yeah. And that's Eastern Washington. It was all around a pretty good game from Weber with multiple people getting multiple points. Yeah. I mean, like we talked about before dynamite assisting game. And I love that. I love mm-hmm. seeing good assisting games because it makes things so much easier. So that was last week's games. Now let's move on to our next segment, which is what I'm calling what's hot, what's not. So Brooke, I'll give you an opportunity to talk a little bit about what you think is cool going on in the Weber state universe. Maybe something that you wish was better or not so cool going on in the Weber state universe. Brooke Minnick, the floor is yours. Oh, oh. Well, I'm going to go for an alumni and I'm going to say Damian Lillard's killing it right now. 60 points against the Jazz. Yep. Um, it hurts my it, heart, but it is what it is. <laughs> it's just awesome. Um, and then I think he had 42 points. I don't know. I don't watch the NBA a ton anymore, but he, conference player. Uh, I think he was Western Conference Player of the Week. Yeah. Um, and then even seeing the love for Shahid. Oh, man. <laughs> Hasn't it been so good? It's been awesome. Like I was it's, tweeting this out today. She, you know, is right there. You know, the Saints are tweeting out about him and Chris Olive, who was, you know, Chris Olive was a highly touted receiver. You know, Chris Olive is basically the reason that Ohio State beats Utah in that first Rose Bowl, right? And so Rashid Shahid right there next to him. And they're just putting up great numbers. And it's just like, man, love to see it. it. Yeah, it's awesome. And just seeing all the love from people who didn't know him before he was with the Saints. Kind of don't love that he's with the Saints, but same Panthers fan okay. don't love it. But Rams fan love Sheed. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's I. There's not. I mean, there's some stuff going on with Weber State, but those are the two things, and I'm like, I love it. I love seeing the alumni getting some love. Yeah. All right. So that's hot. But what's not, Brooke? What's not hot in the Weber State universe? Oh, former Weber State football players going to BYU. <laughs> oh, yeah. So this this is one of mine. Well, oh, that, that's, well, kind of. Kind, yeah. yeah. But I hear what you're saying, right? Where it's just like, oh, really? That's what we're doing? I mean, best of luck to Eddie. Love Eddie. Yeah. The best. Always a wildcat. I was a little sad to see him, you know, go on down there and put on the Cougars jacket. And it was just like, mm-hmm. And I get it, Jay's there, but hey, and we love Coach Hill. You know, we always wish him the best. You know, build the statue firmly on the record. Build the statue, Weber State. Yes, yes, but 
I know. Not my love. <laughs> Not my love. Which I'll get I'll get flack from my from my BYU buddies because if if the audience didn't know, Colby Peterson actually got his bachelor's degree from BYU. But <laughs> I always tell people I got my associates at Weaver State first and then I came back for two master's degrees. So See? Wildcat first. <laughs> That's awesome. Um let's see. I don't know. This isn't really like a new thing, but just attendance. Mm. It, I, I'm used to it, going to all the women's games for however many years I've been gone, 13, 14, something like that. But I just, even with the men's, what's happened? Well, I will say that I think it was, was it the Saturday game against SAC last week? Was that what it was? I think it was the Saturday game, the last men's home game. Attendance was really good. It was like 8,000. Oh, wow. Wildcat, or maybe it was six. I'll have to go check. Except that, but, I wasn't there. <laughs> well, I wasn't there either, but it's a couple <laughs> higher, you know, than it was a couple thousand higher than what it normally is, which Wildcats do about 4,500 a game in the palace, which is far and away the most in the conference. It is, it is good. But the palace but, is so big that it doesn't feel that way. Uh, yeah. I guess it has been better the, maybe the last couple of seasons, but I know there was a good chunk of time in there that it was just like, they used to have way more than this was i i just don't get it but i do like that they've been doing better at promotions free tickets and even for football like it's it's been better with that kind of stuff but that's what i said in the uh in last night's show talking about men's hoops was that like okay these are the games this week this is what's going on blah 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 watch for ticket promotions next week because the montana teams come to town and they're both good like you know the saturday is going to be a battle it always is against the grizz and you know, I'm getting real sick of the Bobcats. And so it'd be nice to get a dub against the Bobcats on Thursday night. And there have been ticket promos for every single home game this season. And so a lot of people cried out about that on social media. They said mm-hmm. they want to see more promos. They need to see, you know, games get cheaper, blah, blah, blah. Well, your wish has been granted. So I hope you've been taking advantage of that because mm-hmm. administration has heard you. And there's been, I've taken advantage of, you know, several of those promos when I was in Utah myself. It was just, they were great. Yeah. Um, and then I kind of just want to call out Waldo. Like, where has he been? <laughs> Was he not? At, has he not been at the games? Not at the women's no, games? No, no. And I thought for sure that. the field trip game, but nope. Yeah, that's like prime time. Like, dude, kids want to get their picture with the mascot. Their parents are posting it on social. That's good for the brand. Yeah. Yep. Huge miss. I don't think he's been at any women's games. Man, that's a huge miss. Yeah. Um, all right. For me, what's hot. Um, so a couple of things I like that, uh, softball season's right around the corner. Really excited. The Wildcats were voted today, uh, recording this on Tuesday. Wildcats were voted number one preseason, number one in the big sky conference, of course, as the champions will, uh, you know, it's a dynasty coach. Amy Cohn is there and she's got the, uh, the machine running build the statue, by the way, (laughs) Uh, that's another one. Build the statue right there. Name it Mary Kay Amicone Field because that's what it should be. Um, so I like the softball seasons coming up. Looking forward to the Batcats. Uh, and then um, anything else that I love? Oh, National Signing Day is tomorrow. So we're mm. going to we're gonna see some of these kids that have been, you know, the, a lot of official visits this last weekend. And so uh, we're going to see kind of who lands where. The Wildcats, I don't think are going to sign a ton of players. They haven't signed a ton so far. And we haven't had that many transfers out. We talked about some key transfers out like Eddie Heckard, who we're going to miss big time in the secondary. But yeah, uh, excited for National Signing Day. But the reverse of that, things that I don't like, you know, what's not hot 
is today I saw a kid that took his official visit to Weber State over the weekend and then just today committed to BYU. So don't love that. Um, I mean, why would you take your official visit to, to Weber if you're just going to commit to BYU anyway? Yeah. It's kind of a bummer. Kid was from uh, Utah County, so I get it. But I was annoyed. I'm, I'm annoyed with that kind of stuff. <laughs> so it is what it is. Uh, I see some of the schools that are recruiting kids and then the, you know, they ultimately land on some of these schools. And I'm like, really? You went there? <laughs> That's crazy. Why would you do that? I don't know. Whatever. Um, another thing I don't love is um, I don't think that the band has been at any of the games this season. Have they? For sure. Not women's. Yeah. I, I don't think they were at the, any of the men's games either. Um, when I went down to Murfreesboro on Saturday, MTSU, the band was there. They were loud. In fact, the band and the in like the uh, the cheer, the the spirit squad, they were the two kind of like forces leading the way in the charge yeah. with the cheers and all that stuff. Like, and they worked so well together that uh, it was just it was dynamite. Like you could feel the energy coming off of them, and everybody in the band was so passionate and pumped and they've got their band right down there, you know, near the baseline. And so they're oh. right, right next to the, uh, the, the spirit squad, but uh, haven't seen the band in a while and would love to see the band return to the palace because it just adds such a nice thing to the atmosphere in there. You know what I mean? Yeah. They coordinate. Okay. For football, but yeah, basketball, the whole different story. So don't love that. Would love to see the band get back in the palace. All right. Uh, now let's let's move on. Let's take a look at the upcoming schedule. Uh, Wildcats, uh, it's going to be a weird week. It's going to be a packed week, like I said, in the men's show last night. And so things, uh, Wildcats are going to play four games in eight days over the uh, over the next week and a day or so. And so it's going to be a bit of a grind this week. They got to get ca- caught up. And so they'll get Idaho State in the Palace on Saturday, February 4th. Uh, that, that game will be at noon. Mountain Standard Time. Get your tickets at WeaverStateSports.com or if you're like me, watch it on ESPN+. Plus. Um, if I'm not watching soccer or if I'm not watching Six Nations, rugby starts on Saturday. In case you were wondering about that, go Wales. Beef. Um, then Monday, February the 6th, Wildcats will take uh, take on Northern Colorado. The Bears come to the Purple Palace. 6 p.m. Mountain Standard Time on a Monday night. Kind of weird. Monday night basketball, but if you got a chance, go and show up. Um, yeah, I'll have to see how I'm going to work that because uh, normally Monday night is when we record. The men are also playing that night. So um, our shows might be late next week because of this weird schedule. So we'll let you folks know. Tickets at WeberStateSports.com or ESPN+. Plus. Then we get back to a normal cadence. Thursday, February 9th, the Montana Roadie. So go to Bozeman first at Montana State, 7 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, ESPN+. Plus. Then Saturday, February 11th in Missoula at Montana, 2 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, ESPN+. Plus. Then the following week, green teams come to Ogden. Thursday, February 16th, Sac State comes to town. 6 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. Tickets at WeaverStateSports.com. Um, Sac State is good. Uh, I think that Sac State has a really serious chance to win the conference title. Um, if I if I remember right, looking at the standings, they are right up there uh, with Montana State. Yeah. I mean, they're Sac State's 6-3 and three right now, um, but Montana State's 8-2. and two, So they're nipping at their heels. Sac on a two-game losing streak as well. So they were, they were flying high. We'll see if they can rebound, but uh, it's kind of weird because that's the team that we've just absolutely owned. And it's the team that we beat in the conference tournament last year. And uh, we swept them in the regular season. So it was just one of those things. 
Uh, and then Saturday, February 18th, Portland State comes to town, 1 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. Tickets at WeaverStateSports.com or ESPN Plus. Watch for those promos. So, Brooke, want to thank you so much. We'll wrap up the show like I usually do. Email us, Weber State Sports at uh, WeaverStateWeekly at gmail.com. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Go to Patreon if you want to get those premium previews, which we'll get up here shortly. I've got an NBA paper that I need to get out. But uh, we'll get those premium previews up for you folks. Probably on Thursday, I'm thinking. Uh, once I get through this NBA stuff, we'll get those recorded. We'll get them posted. And if you're a patron, you just get an automatic email that says, hey, this content's available for you. And I, what I realize is I'll probably post the link in our Patreon Slack channel as well, where we uh, hang out and chat on game days with our fellow Wildcats who are Patreon supporters. So that'll be up there. So Brooke Minnick, want to thank you so much for taking the time to always chat Weaver State women's hoops with me. Wrap it up like I always do. Weaver State, Weaver State. Great. Great, great. Go Wildcats. Wildcats.